Hey Chloe, did your parents brainwash you? You know what? I don't think they did. What is up guys? Welcome back to episode two of Fact of Life podcast. My name is Chloe Noller. And I'm Maddie Grace Watson. And we're here to tell you that's just the way it is. Oh guys, we're so excited to bring you episode two of our podcast. This has been so fun to just see the, the response we've gotten from the community and to just uh, be here for you guys. So yeah, it's so awesome. We're so excited. Yeah, thank you guys so much for all of your support and encouragement. We've gotten so many messages and it really has meant a lot to us. You know, as always, if y'all have any topic ideas or anything y'all want us to highlight, maybe go back and cover, definitely reach out to us, let us know. We've already had some of that and it's been so great to see. So Chloe, do you want to tell us kind of what our episode roadmap is for the day? What are we going to be talking about? Yeah, you know what? We're going to jump right into answering a question that we've gotten from a listener um, that is pretty important and we're really excited to be speaking on today. We're going to get in right after that to the fun fact of the day and we're going to wrap it all up by just letting you know what's going on around here. And yeah, so to get into it today, uh, we got a question from one of our, our listeners and she's a mom of two wonderful children and um, she was listening to this with her daughter and she also had a question um, that she she came from and she wanted to hear what our perspective was um, as young adults growing up in today's um, progressive era. So she asks us, coming from the perspective of young conservative adults, do you have any advice or thoughts on how conservative Christian parents of tweens and teens today can raise their children up well without having the children later reflect that they felt brainwashed into believing what their parents believe? Man, that's such a, a big question. Like. Yeah, for sure. Because, you, you know, you don't want your kids to grow up and think, you know, I was only taught these things. I was being brainwashed. You want them to know why they believe what they believe. So today we're going to be talking about losing a generation to progressivism, something that we've kind of seen among our generation, maybe why that's a problem, how that happened, and finally, what we can do to fix it. So um, to start that off, what do we mean by losing a generation to progressivism? Well, as our generation is growing older, we're finding more and more people who were raised in conservative Christian homes switch sides of the aisle, so to speak, and not just in politics, but religiously, socially, all of the different, all the different sides. Um, but I think with that, it's important to note what progressivism is. Uh, Chloe, do you want to take that? Yeah, you know, pulled straight from Wikipedia here, we have progressivism is a way of thinking that holds it as possible through political action for human societies to improve over time. As a political movement, progressivism purports to advance the human condition through social reform based on advancements in science, technology, and economic development and social organization. That's a lot of words, but essentially progressivism says that we can correct the wrongs in our society by um, social reform based on science, technology, economic development, and different social organizations. What yeah. do you have to say about that? <laughs> you know, I think at surface level, that definition, I can definitely see why it's appealing. Yeah. I can 100% see why so many people our age are gravitating towards that definition because at first glance, it looks so welcoming. Mm -hmm. So it just looks so right. But, it, 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 you know, you think about that, like, yeah, let's, let's make some laws. Let's get some stuff on the table that's going to you know, mm -hmm. correct maybe the wrongs, you know, maybe let's get some gun control stuff going. Mm -hmm. Like that's that, that seems like that would help, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's also important to note that there are, are really, progressivism is not just politically, you know, we're seeing a big movement of like ultra progressive Christianity. And so I think it's important to touch on both of those subjects. Mm -hmm. Why progress, it's 
progressivism is politically bad, but also why progressivism can be religiously bad as far as Christianity goes. So, you know, uh, to go to politically bad first, so with progressivism, you know, it's always wanting to change human, but human nature, human nature is unchanging. I actually, in preparation for this, I was kind of Googling, doing some research and um, ironically, a Hillsdale College YouTube video popped up wow. on progressivism and kind of why it's not quite what it seems. And so a lot of this, you know, that's where I got it. And you know, I highly suggest going to watch it. Dr. Arn does it. It's a great video. But a lot of what I learned there is that human nature is unchanging. And a lot of people argue that the Constitution is outdated because society has changed so much. And, it, and society has changed so much. But the Constitution was not created to combat society. It was created to combat human nature and provide mm -hmm. a country where people would be free to yeah. live a self-governed life right. full of virtue and liberty without fear of persecution or government interference. Mm -hmm. See, progressivism wants to create a system of law that adheres to the nature of society, something that is constantly changing. But I think it's important to note that that's not what government is intended to be. Government is intended to give us that free free life where we're able to live a self-governed life. Like I said, full of virtue and liberty. So where, you know, progressivism is addressing the nature of society, but where our constitution was created to combat human nature, which society and human nature are two completely separate things. Right, the constitution was created based on objective truth. And that objective truth was from the Bible. Um, and so wa walking into the re religious side of this too, um, society's gonna change, but God's truth isn't. The Bible isn't. The objective morality of, and, and, and the, the definition of human nature is not gonna change. Truth does not change. Um, in, on progressivechristianity.com, which sounds terrible, <laughs> my word, but it says, we accept everyone. We accept all religions. Now, like, at first glance, like, that's great. Like, Jesus does say that he will accept anyone with open arms, but um, those, that, those that put their faith in him and that will turn away from their sinful ways. But the problem with this is that um, progressive Christians welcome the sin. They, uh, they, they welcome the, the act of sin. And so they say, we're going to love everyone regardless of what they're, what they're living with, which is very true as Christians. We need to be loving on people no matter what's going on in their lives, but not accepting the, the, the evil, not accepting the sin. That's not something that we do. Um, so we don't speak rudely to these people. We, we welcome them with open arms. We show them the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. We don't have to agree with their, their sin. And that's what progressive Christians practice. They, they change that truth and it's no longer objective and it's mm -hmm. fluid. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, what we're seeing with a lot of these Christians that are adult, uh, adopting this ultra progressive mindset is that it's not just that they're loving on and respecting people regardless of what they're believing. It's that, as Chloe said, they're accepting the sins and they're they're making it okay. But I think what is important to note is that love and respect, they're not synonymous with accepting sin, not mm -hmm. synonymous with accepting action. You can love someone and not agree with what they're doing. I mean, that's what the Lord does. We all sin, we're human, but he loves us no matter what. And I right. think it's important to note right. that because a lot of what you hear nowadays is that you can't love someone unless you accept and agree with what they're doing. Right. But, and I think that's interesting too, because everything we do now is based on our identity. Mm -hmm. And in reality, our identity as human beings is that we are created in the image of God. That's why we treat people with mm -hmm. respect and love. Yeah, you know, it reminds me, I don't know if you've seen this movie, Chloe, but 
It's the movie Overcomer by the Kendrick brothers. Um, at a part in this, there's a, there's a basket, uh, he's a basketball coach, but then he turns cross country coach. So it's a long story, but he's visiting his friend in the hospital and he asks him, he says, you know, who are you? And he answers, well, you know, I'm a basketball coach, uh, but who are you? I'm a father, I'm a, well, all this stuff. And then finally, after he's asked him, who are you so many times? He says, well, I'm a Christian. And he said, if that's so important on the list, why did it take you so long to say it? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a turning point in the movie where the character, he reassessed where he was at and what he was putting first, you know, whether he was truly em embodying what it meant to be a Christian above a basketball coach, above all of these other things. But, you know, when you said that, it just reminded me of that. Um, right. Making sure that our identity is with, with is within Christ. And I really just don't think that, you know, accepting accepting sins like that that we're seeing with this ultra progressive christianity is that's just not in line with what the bible teaches so i want to ask you a question i want to get into this this next section here um so she asked us as as young adults um looking back on how we were raised you know somehow we made it here to hillsdale mm -hmm. college which is a, a conservative place you know we still hold our conservative beliefs and we're still um, seeking to be grounded in the biblical doctrine um, of, of the Bible. How did you get there? Like, what was your life experience, and how do you feel like you can look back and say that you were not brainwashed into choosing um, conservative beliefs over, over, over progressivism, which on the surface looks better? Yeah, for sure. I think that a big thing for me was that my parents, they taught me and very much so encouraged learning how to think and not what to think. And I think that's something that Hillsdale College has been continuing here as well. You know, it's when kids are younger and they don't understand, it's one thing to say, you know, this is what is right, this is what is wrong. But as they grow older, they need to know why they're believing what they believe and how to come to those conclusions on their own. And I really feel like my parents taught me that. They really pushed for that. They wanted me to find the truth on my own, not just believe it because they said it, because they knew that someday I would leave my home as all of us do and then question that. And what's happening is kids are leaving their home and they don't know how to think. And so whenever they're just told one thing and they get confronted with this progressive ideology that looks so good at the surface level, they don't have those skills to critically think through that. And so they're just accepting it at face value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing my parents always did, and I think that this is a way, a way that they did that in teaching um, me how to think versus what to think, but they connected everything that went on in the world, um, whether it be within our family, within um, politics, within um, the, the greater um, uh, earth, that was everything that was going on, they always connected that back to the Bible. Um, so it, it didn't, it didn't matter. Um, I remember many times where it, my dad was a contractor and so he, there would be times where he was light on work and he was searching for that and we'd sit down as a family and say like, like Lord, we all prayed together and we, we prayed for him to have work. And then I got to see that because of that, um, God just blessed our family and, and, and gave him work. And I got to understand through their example and through their sitting down and talking to us, um, about you know the latest, you know talking about an ad on TV that we'd see while watching Saturday or Sunday football. You know mm -hmm. like, you know what did that say there? And is that true? Or should we believe that? Um, like what do you think about that? 
And I mean, I even, I, I love having conversations with my dad um, after church because we'd talk about the sermon and we'd walk through, what did he say today? How does it apply to my life? It was what he said true. Does it line up with the scripture? And so through their example of, of doing that, for going back to the word and what the truths of that were and pushed me to do my own research and to understand for myself why Mm-hmm. why following Christ was the, the best option. That sounds silly, but that mm-hmm. why that truly was um, good. Yeah, for sure. I think, like Chloe said, that's a, that's a big thing there. And as you could see kind of with what how she was detailing her family, you really need that full immersion of Christianity in your life. My family, we always prioritize church services. Mm-hmm. We did not miss for sports games or for other things. Like it, these other things would come up, but we always knew church was first. And my parents, they were so open to questions. Mm-hmm. And they just, like kind of Chloe's family, really wanted me to learn to think for myself. And as you may have noticed so far, I really think that learning to think for yourself is the key ingredient here. Because Mm -hmm. if you can think for yourself and you can lead that self-governed life, then you really can come to the correct conclusion, come to the truth on your own. I've talked to so many people our age who grew up, they knew the Bible stories, they knew the principles, the virtues, but they didn't know why those were right. Yeah, this this reminds me of a quote from Plato's The Republic. Mm. I think I mentioned that last time too, but um, super great. There's a there's a section here where he's talking about um, that a young man growing up in kind of a progressive world, and he's kind of explaining how that this how this happens, and it was eerily similar to today's day and age. But he's he's talking about um, evil, and basically he says in the end, evil seizes the citadel of a young man's soul. I, I love this imagery. The, the city of a young man's soul, finding it unguarded by the trusty sentinels which keep watch over the minds of men favored by heaven. Knowledge, right principles, true thoughts, they're not at their point, and the place is left open to the assault of false and presumptuous notions. It's a lot of words there, but what it's saying is that the knowledge, the right principles and true thoughts were not guarding the heart of the young man. And therefore, because he didn't know, he didn't know any better and um, chose that evil. And not, not, that ex- not to excuse, I mean, there's, we have a sinful nature and we're going to choose the evil um, when we're, we're not, our hearts are not guarded by that. But it reminded me also of a verse in Psalm 119. Um, and it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I loved this verse because um, it kind of, it went along, I read these kind of like one right after the other. I went in my devotions after I read The Republic. And I was like, what in the world? I just read that. But, you know, this is, this is in the Bible now. But um, the, uh, the, young, the young people of today, um, well, and everyone, regardless of your age, to keep our, our hearts pure and to understand um, how we are to live right, we need to be guarding our hearts with the word, with the knowledge, the right principles, the true thoughts, but ultimately with the Lord's truth. Um, God promises that when we seek his truth, we'll, we'll find it um, and that he will keep us, that he will protect us and that we'll be found by him when we seek him. And so it, it says here, you know, in that verse, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We have those truths in our heart. We have that knowledge um, and we're able to use that when we are tempted or 
or are trying to figure out what is right or wrong. Um, so I just thought that both of those things just went along so well um, and were something that really impacted me, I think, growing up and, and learning how to make these decisions for myself. Wow. Yeah, those were some, those really did go well together so well. Um, yeah, I, I love both of those quotes so much. I'm so glad you brought those up. And I think, you know, a big question that comes with this is really how did we get to this point? Um, these are principles that, you know, you would think everyone is instituting, but I think a big problem here is that the ex children's, um, teenagers, all these people's exposure to this progressivism is getting younger and younger because I think social media and really the media in general has a big part in it, a big part in what I like to call like spoon feeding misinformation. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think this exposure really increased with COVID because no one was allowed to be near each other. And so everyone just got on media and that's how they communicated. Um, but yeah, I saw so many people just liking, sharing, um, believing these posts on Instagram or whatever social media platform that had no basis, they had no research, they had no reasoning. It was just saying, this is what's right, this is what's progressive, therefore, what's right is progressive. Know why it's right, know why it's any of this. And um, I just saw so many fall, so many people fall into that trap. You know, in preparation for the podcast, I was looking just for some research, kind of get a broader perspective on what exactly is happening with Gen Z, you know, our age. And I found um, the pewresearch.org and a direct quote from there. They said, Gen Zers are progressive and pro-government. Most see the country's growing racial and ethnic diversity as a good thing. And they're less likely than the older generations to see the United States as superior to other nations. Which, you know, at first it's like, okay, like diversity, good thing. Like all this stuff, it sounds so sweet. When you, you look at it, especially the pro-government and generation, like to see the United States as superior to other nations. And I think looking at that, um, a lot of it just comes from a lack of understanding, like a lack of research and knowledge and pursuit of what the truth is. And I'm not saying we should all get out there and start scre like, like screaming like, oh, like the United States is better, everyone else is terrible, like all this stuff. But I do think the United States has something special. Um, we were a country, you know, we were founded on Judeo-Christian, um, Germanic, and Greco-Roman values. I mean, Judeo-Christian that is literally instituting Christianity, and we were founded on these values, you know, separation of church and state, which, contrary to popular belief, does not mean the church is not in the state. It means the state is not in the church. That's how the phrase was intended, and I mean, that's what it means. And so, I think we have this really special where, you know, we're talking about religion, we're talking about politics, but they really do go hand in hand. You know, as President John Adams said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you see that with our generation supporting these things, it really does come from just a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding kind of what they're against, understanding what they're for. I just don't really see many people supporting that knowing the history or knowing the structure behind what they're supporting. Yeah, I mean, you look at the 1619 Project, which is just radically uh, erasing history and rewriting it, which is so scary to think about, that that what's happened in the past can just be changed um, because it doesn't fit the current narrative. I think that's just such a, I, <laughs> a very scary thought that people mm -hmm. can do that. But um, I, I wanted to touch on this. I think that 
one thing that we can be doing is encouraging the questions, encouraging um, as, mm -hmm. as parents or as just friends. When, when, when someone has a question like, man, why, like, why is there evil in the world? Like, why does a good God allow evil? Mm -hmm. That's a difficult question. And it can be talked through and, and there are answers from the Bible. Um, there are some seemingly contradictory truths in the Bible that are hard to wrap your minds around. Some things we can't understand because God is, um, God is God and we are man and we do not have infinite mm -hmm. minds like God does. But we have so much reason, so much evidence to believe that the Bible is true. There's so much evidence against evolution. The, the truth is that true science and faith are not at odds. But only one only knows that if they delve deep into it, they study, they ask questions, they, 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 they search out the answers. Um, diving into the topic of why we believe the Bible is true is so fascinating and so mm -hmm. encouraging. It's so encouraging. I would encourage you to go mm -hmm. talk to someone who knows about that. Um, go talk to your pastor. Ask these questions that you, that you have. Like, why, why do we believe that the, the 66 books that ended up in the Bible are the ones that we're supposed to have in our hands today? It is an incredible discussion. Maybe we can go over that sometime. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. it reminded me of a verse. Bring in another verse here. But Psalm 48 um, 12 to 14 says, Walk about Zion, go around her, number her towers, consider well her ramparts, go through her citadels, that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will guide us forever. I loved this verse in Psalm 48 because um, it's, it's saying, understand it, understand your faith. Like, consider well, go through her citadels. And, and why do we do that? Why do we understand our faith? It says, so that we can tell the next generation that this is God, our God forever and ever, and he will guide us forever. That I think right there is, is the answer to this question of how can we raise the next generation? How can we encourage our peers um, and those younger than us um, to, to know why they believe what they believe and so that when they enter our walk of life, that they don't look back on their childhood and say, were we brainwashed? Were we mm -hmm. like, I don't know why, I, how I ended up here. And you know, in reality, I don't like the rules that I find in the Bible. I don't like living according to someone else's standard. I want to live to my own, you know? Mm -hmm. We, by studying the, 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 the right principles, the true knowledge, the, the objective and beautiful truth of the Bible, we can tell the next generation, we can show them and explain and be willing to answer those questions and explain to them that this is our God forever and ever, and he will truly guide us forever. And there's nothing that will change that ever. Mm -hmm. And so then you can come to your the own conclusion that they weren't brainwashed. You know, we, we know why we believe what we believe. Yeah, because I think, you know, every kid is going to come to that Maybe not that specific question at some right. point, but they're going to question. They're going to yeah. question, and they need to be prepared when they meet that. And I think that kind of leads us right into our what can be done to fix it. Mm -hmm. Because with that, you know, every person questioning, I want to bring up that, like, the relationship between a parent and a child should be very similar to that of God the Father and us. Because, I mean, he is God the Father, and we are his children. So that's what that relationship should be, because... Yeah. You see, every Christian has had their doubts at some time or another, mm -hmm. just like every child will at some point. And God loves us despite these doubts, and he wants to help us work through them because ultimately he wants us to wholeheartedly follow him. That's right. Which, it's a choice. Yeah. We have that free will. It's yeah. not really a, a choice of true love if we're not 
We don't have free will. He gave us the ability to make these decisions. Exactly. And that requires working through the doubts. Yeah. And I think it's important for the parent-child relationship to have this same thing is mm -hmm. that, you know, accepting like, okay, your child, like children, your, even your friends, even if, even from the non-parent-child perspective, you know, everyone's going to have their doubts. And it's not a, a matter of shunning these doubts, but instead not accepting that they're doubts, but helping each other work through the doubts. And, you know, I, as I said, this really isn't just, yes, this is what we are answering question of what parents can do to help their kids. But also, you know, not I know not all of us are parents. Chloe and I aren't parents. But hey, I'm a plant mom. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad, guys. Chloe is a plant Thank mom. You. Thank Gotta you. make sure she raises her plant up <laughs> in the faith. That's right. That's but, right. No, yeah, just try like facilitating conversations, mm -hmm. you know, doing research, research as a family, research as a friend group, Bible study. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely. another good thing as far as like Christianity mm -hmm. goes, have Bible studies with your friends. And if you have questions, maybe as far as politics go, if you're able to vote, even if you're not able to vote, this is a really great practice, but maybe y'all do research into political candidates or laws that are trying to be passed. Yeah. But just, you know what? I have a great idea. How about you use the Socratic method? <laughs> wow, uh, good, good job, Chloe. Thank you. We've been learning about Socrates, um, mm -hmm. and and he was quite annoying to the people around him. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess annoying to the point of being killed for it. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Don't be that person. But <laughs> but I think the lesson to be taught there is quite um, important that we should be questioning. That's that's what Socrates did. He went around and questioned everything mm -hmm. that people believed. He said, "Why do you believe that?" Why, why is that something that you think is good? Mm -hmm. Why do you think that's evil? Um, and do that to your friends. You know, they say something and maybe you agree with them. May whoa, mm -hmm. like maybe you agree with them and you're like, hey, why do you believe that? You know, you know that kind of reminds me of when Dr. Arn, Dr. Arn is the president oh, here at Hillsdale College, but there's this classic thing where he, he'll come up to you at some point while you're here and you will get the question. What is the good? Oh and no matter what you answer, no matter how many months you've been preparing your answer, he will always have a comeback question. And will. you will never outsmart Dr. Arn. Don't, you can try, but Don't you try. never will. He will but, see through you. Yeah, you but that definitely reminds me of that when you were saying like question after question. But um, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. crazy. But yeah, as we're kind of, you know, we've talked about a lot today about, you know, why it's a problem, how we can combat that and really our perspective from it. But I really think it's important to reemphasize how big of a problem this is. Um, you know, I just going back to some of that research that I found today, they cited some survey data from 2018 that said, for example, members of... Uh, the Pew Research. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, sorry. Just making sure that we have fact check. You know? Yeah, just want to, yeah, <laughs> definitely go. Make sure I'm signing this right, guys. Make, that's another thing. Make sure you're fact checking everything, even if it's someone you think you trust. That's right. Just like, you need to know. You might think you can trust us. Yeah. Can you? That's a great maybe question. Maybe we're, maybe we're just making all of this up. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, yeah, the survey data they had, it said, for example, members of Gen Z are more likely than older generations to look to government to solve problems rather than businesses and individuals. And then another place, it said Gen Zers and millennials are less likely than older generations to say that single women raising children on their own is a bad thing for society. And, you know, that one right there, you know, sometimes obviously these situations are unavoidable. Like, Absolutely. but I think yeah. it is important to note that 
a full family, you know, with both parents. It's undeniable. It's yeah, that a full family. Is that that is what God intended, and you, I mean, yeah, there are some unavoidable circumstances, and and those women are so strong. Yes, and I don't know how absolutely, do it, but, absolutely. Yeah. But I think just like those two quotes there from that website, it kind of shows this um, almost lack of priorities, lack of virtue that we're starting to see. And it reminded me, I was doing some reading in my Western Heritage Reader. Uh, yesterday for some homework. Western Heritage is one of my classes for those of you that oh, aren't yeah. familiar with Hillsdale College. But I read this. I was right by Chloe and I just, I freaked out. I was like, she Chloe, was, click, click, I've, click, click. I've, got, I've got to read this. But um, yeah, it's in the introduction. We're about to start talking about the Roman Republic. Ooh, and you know, this was, this was written by the Hillsdale College history faculty. But um, the introduction, it says, uh, the Romans were able to develop men of action because of their regard for the customs and values passed down from generation to generation. Romans aspired to the simple ideal of the farmer, soldier, and politician. They expected that these values be taught at home to the foundational institution of the family. And then later on down, it says that, you know, the Romans, they really instituted in childhood these virtues. And then it says again that these virtues represent the best of the Republic and were sorely missing at its end. And so I think it's showing, you know, when the Roman Republic was thriving, I mean, it was thriving. It and was an incredibly virtuous, it was. conservative society. Exactly. I mean, early on, that's not what you think of when you hear Roman today. I think it's looked down yeah. upon, but it definitely was exactly. very virtuous. Because, you know, that Roman Republic, we talked about this today in class. Um, shout out to Dr. Strasberg there. but Shout out to Dr. Berzer for bringing our, it home Our today. great Western Heritage <laughs> professors. But, um, yeah, we talked about this is that the Roman Republic, or maybe I talked about this in my U.S. Constitution class. We're talking about the same thing, so sometimes I get overlap, okay, but this is my Western Heritage Reader. Way, <laughs> Sorry, but no, um, we talked about, you know, when the Republic was, like, thriving, they were full of all this virtue, and then as they grew, they lost this virtue, and they lost all of these, like, principles and morals that they had been taught, and, you know, they, they came into the empire, the Roman Empire we all know so well, and that's when they fell. That was really the fall of Rome. And what's worrying me is that we're seeing this, this loss of virtue and we're starting to see that. And I, I just think, you know, America also being a republic is that as you know, the John Adams quote I said earlier about our constitution only like for a moral and religious people, I think it's important that we prioritize keeping these virtues and keeping these values and passing them down from generation to generation. That's right. It's almost like it works because God instituted, like he created the absolute truth yeah. and, and virtue. And he's, he is the reason that mm -hmm. um, this, this works. It like, and that's, mm -hmm. that's another thing that people question, like, why would I, why does our society need to be virtuous? And that's because God built it that way. And he knows mm -hmm. because he's omniscient and because he's our creator he knows what's best for us, and that's why mm -hmm. he has us live the way we do, um, or tell like guides us in the way we should go. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it's important to understand too that we are still fallen human beings, and no matter Absolutely. how much questioning or how much reasoning we do, how much seeking for the truth, there are those that are still going to be lost. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing that we can do in that sense is is pray. Um, Ephesians six talks about the armor of God and what what we can do to um, withstand in the evil day, you know, fastening on the belt of truth, the, the righteousness, um, the shield of faith. Um, but it says at the very end, it says, 
praying at all times in the spirit with prayer and supplication. Ultimately, prayer is that thing that we can do no matter what. Even if we have um, given a good account as believers, as, as Paul says in Romans, um, I believe it's Romans, but to, to give a good account of what we believe, um, if, even if we have done that and we have answered questions well or been a light to the people around us, even when they do walk away, we can pray for them, we can bring them before the Lord and continue to live our lives in such a way that reflects them back to Christ. Mm -hmm. Because um, ultimately, God, God, is, um, God is watching over them and no matter what I can do or what you can do or what you as parents or peers or friends, no matter what we do, um, God is ultimately in control. And so understanding that he's truly sovereign and that um, he will, he's the one that brings hearts to himself, mm -hmm. I think gives a, a little bit less pressure on us, but also even a little bit more of a, a calling to remember that we, we can be the, the reason that someone comes to Christ. We can plant that seed. We can mm -hmm. give a good account of ourselves and be able to understand, you know, and, and answer questions that people have. Um, and I think that's mm -hmm. just a really, really important thing. So... Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've talked about a lot today. We've talked about the religious perspective, political, social, all of those things. But I think it is important, as Chloe's like been pointing out right here, is that it all does come back to that biblical connection. Um, you know, this this is our perspective. It's what uh, that's what we made this podcast for to give you our perspective. But it really does all come back to the ultimate truths of the Bible, because mm -hmm. um, that's our worldview, and that's where we're going to be addressing these issues from. And I really encourage you. I know that maybe not everyone that's listening to our podcast is a Christian, but I really encourage you to like check it out, dive into that. You know, and for those of you who are, there's so many verses that highlight on it. We've read some today, but you know, Proverbs 22, 6, train up your child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then there's some others like Isaiah 54, 13, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. We could go on and on. There's so many verses that mm -hmm. talk about stuff like this. And I think an important thing to learn from that too is that, you know, when we're looking for, like, when we have questions, when we're looking for anything, like, go back to the Bible. That yeah, is the absolutely. ultimate truth. We know that that is complete objective truth. And we really, we can find our answers there. And it can be so comforting. And it, it is comforting. That's where we should rest, rest our burdens in the Bible, in God. And, you know, there's just so much peace that comes from it. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got you taken care of. He really, really does. And we aren't kidding when we say fact check us on that. You mm -hmm. know, I don't know if what my Paul quote was from Romans. It could be from Corinthians or any other verse in the Bible. I'm not really mm -hmm. sure. In the New Testament. Yeah. Paul's only in the New be Testament. like the church in Berea. That's right. Um, I do want to say, though, if you have questions, questions about anything that we said today, or, or you have questions about what it means to be a Christian, or... Um, about what Jesus' sacrifice was and, and and what we can do to put our faith in him. If you have any questions, we'd love to yeah. talk to you. So if reach we, out, email mm -hmm. us at factoflifepodcast.gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram account. We're mm -hmm. so there to um, talk with you and, and just get to know you a little more. Yeah, for sure. If there's something that maybe we talked about today, but we didn't go into it in depth as you would have liked, definitely let us know. We would love to talk about it more, but I really hope that you fully like have understood today kind of this problem of losing our generation to progressivism um yeah. but yeah kind of closing us out today i'll read our fun fact of the day um Wonderful. one of those is give it a shout out to may link who uh submitted today's is that 
pineapples are nocturnal photosynthesizers, meaning they photosynthesize at night instead of during work? the day. I don't like, know how that works. Did not fact check that. It, um, if you do know, not I didn't fact check it. Oh, I'm saying do you go, fact check. Yeah, that. you do that. <laughs> Someone let us know how that works. We're yeah, not really sure. Not totally. Sure, I'll go give us a follow on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube if you want to watch it. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Basically, anywhere, you, anywhere you get your podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. But yeah, definitely reach out to us. Subscribe, all the things. Yeah, and, we'd love um, to hear from you. Again, yeah. reach out to us at factoflifepodcast at gmail.com For sure. if you have and anything to say. Be on the lookout. We do have an article coming up in the Hillsdale oh Collegiate next week. We so do. we'll definitely post about it on Instagram when it comes out, but definitely be on the lookout for the article on this podcast. Absolutely. But We're yeah. so excited. Well, as always, my name is Chloe Noller. And I'm Maddie Grace Watson. And, and we, we approve, approve of this, this message. message.